0: Welcome to the podcast, conversation with Jeff Bucknam. Uh, Dr. Jeff Bucknum is the lead teaching pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel, and I'm your host, Tommy Kreitz, and we have a conversation today, and uh, we believe that everyone has got a story, and so we're excited to dive into that. But uh, there's a there's some big news going on, Jeff. Yes. Really big. I bet. Like, yes. um, this might not be in your world, uh, but maybe it is. Um, it's something fun for us to figure out, but we just learned that there's this big takeover happening in the video game world which is you know Mm. i think everyone probably listening wants to hear about Mm. this right it has to do with microsoft though yes microsoft So the creators of well microsoft yeah well the creators
1: of microsoft and 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 the the xbox yeah and the jabs that you get in your arm oh yeah (laughs) mr bill gates (laughs) who is the uh is he still the ceo i don't know what he is
0: adjacent to he's
1: an epidemiologist now yeah
0: he yeah he was like computers and the human body aren't they the same uh and so yeah there's this huge huge takeover of a company called activision blizzard which is the company that makes the wildly popular game call of duty Uh, which most people have probably heard of or have purchased for their kids at some point. Yes, Call of Duty, yes. Huge gaming franchise. So
1: they have purchased this, not just Call of Duty, but all the stuff that Activision does.
0: So Activision, Blizzard, and there's another one too um, that's along in this conglomerate of gaming companies, which is King. And they are the makers of the wildly popular, especially on Facebook, Candy Crush. Okay. That game that you the match you match okay. the candies. So now they and, own
1: they own all of that.
0: So Microsoft now owns uh, Call of Duty. Yes, which Candy is Activision. Crush. Candy Crush, which is King's kind of biggest game. Blizzard, World of Warcraft, oh. and Overwatch, which is Blizzard. Uh, oh. So they own. They own it all. I mean, what? Ugh, there's like only two other gaming companies in the wow. world that are now.
1: They're taking over. Yes, and so they purchased. Com- it, well, apparently it's happening. It's still going, It can I ask hasn't you a quick happened. question? Yes. Why are you so fascinated with gaming companies?
0: Uh, well, gaming. I, yeah, I love gaming. I, uh, I am a gamer myself. When so I so word
1: on the street, Tommy, is that uh, at yep. one point in your life you were a nationally ranked gamer. <laughs> I was. Yes, long time ago. When? Uh, in high school when what years what years were you in high school
0: so 2002 to 2006
1: okay you were a nationally ranked gamer yeah on what game
0: yeah it was called counter-strike source what was it it one point it was 1.6 and then it was it's a
1: it's like a call of duty almost so you you were really good at shooting people in the head oh my gosh
0: well when you put it that way yeah uh well the headshots count more don't they, they they do actually um crazy enough um yeah Yep, super good at it. Okay. Uh, virtually though, but of course, you, and obviously.
1: You, and you also own guns now. I do not. Um oh, okay. I do not. <laughs> should I do you so Tommy if I were to list off certain kinds of guns you yeah would know what they are uh like
0: military guns yeah um yeah yeah probably I've played enough, strike I've played enough of those games to
1: why didn't you say this to, when you I was interviewing you
0: well I, I like to keep so this is something that I've learned with my wife Kelly is I tried to minimize my nerdy side you know what I mean okay she's like totally not nerdy whatsoever she's like girly girl you know like she, every time I start talking about like Dungeons and Dragons and video games, she's like, nah, 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 you know, she's, so I've just learned to just, okay. you know, suppress. Do you play video games now? Uh, I do not as often, mostly with Zion now okay so it's you just more of a start him young i am yeah you know teach a child what is you know in the way that he should what's the
1: game that you're you have him on that counter strike no 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 No,
0: no, no, no. that comes much later uh right now we're doing uh zelda oh yeah Uh uh-huh we're doing breath of the wild so we're playing that on the nintendo switch okay which has been really fun as a nighttime activity for us to bond together. Yes, bond and, together. Uh, and to show him how good I am at it. You know yeah, what I mean? it won't be long before yeah. he's playing Grand Theft Auto. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing cars. And, oh, boy. No, we'll, we'll, we, stay, we stay in a very... Uh, my parents weren't like that whatsoever. Weren't like what? Like, didn't have restrictions on, like, what types of games. Did you, well, when I was growing up... Do you up, have
1: restrictions on what kinds of games? I do, sort of.
0: What um, game would you not play? um oh gosh i don't so, i don't no. really like like super scary games i don't know that's not like a i don't know i'm not super involved in the space now anymore okay like i would still play like a call of duty or like a halo or you know something like that um i can very much would you like, play it
1: online i i could yeah. would you use it your own name or would you use someone, someone else other name
0: no i would use mine
1: what's your gamer tag <laughs> my
0: gamer tag is knifey
1: spoonie is it really? It is, yeah. So, if so anybody's out there playing
0: online? <laughs> you see me? Duty. Ni- yeah, you see knifey spoony rocking around. Uh, that's me. <laughs> that's Tommy. Oh man, I'm so glad to share my whole. You into the Fortnite? No, I dislike Fortnite. Why? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't know. I tried it. I think I'm too competitive. Oh. Okay. And I wasn't very good at the building. Oh, okay. And so if I'm not like good at it, I. Yeah. You're one of I those just kids. get frustrated. Quit. This,
1: I'm not doing this anymore. This is so tough. This is a stupid game. Wes, however, so we do
0: we we use this for ministry as well, of course, right? If you're good at something. Yeah. Uh, so we do like um, we'll do live streams with our students on Twitch, which is like yeah, a yeah, video yep. game platform. And Wesley was a part of it one Wesley time. Wesley
1: is our producer.
0: Yeah, he's sitting right behind this camera if you're yeah. right there. And he plays Fortnite and is so good at it, really. So got on Fortnite and literally the first time he got on on the live stream, took a victory Royale. You yeah, know, yeah, beat a hundred other people live in front well, of everyone. People,
1: most of them were like eight year olds, though. Yeah, that's is that okay, true? So, Accurate? Yeah. He he gave a yeah,
0: which means yes, but he doesn't want to admit it. Okay. Yeah. So
1: yeah, I'm. Do you video game? I used to play a lot of Halo. Okay. And some of the games that I've enjoyed in the past, I. If aliens are involved in getting killed, I'm in. Okay. Yeah. Except there was one game I think I've mentioned at one point called Destroy All Humans. Yes. That used to you could suck the brains the, out yeah, of it was people. Yeah, with the big head. Yep. Yeah, those were fun.
0: Yeah, that those were the old school days yeah, of yeah, gaming those were too. The good days. The good days. Good now it's days. just. It yeah. feels like they just re-release ah, every they're game. All the same thing. FIFA has been the same for nineteen years. Yeah. So same with Call of Duty.
1: Yeah. But they make a lot of money. At it. A lot. And now of money. Microsoft makes a lot of money at it.
0: Seventy billion dollars. So they bought it for. Wow. That's how much Microsoft paid for Activision Blizzard King. Right. That's Whoa. Good.
1: So that's okay. The federal government gave them that much for their for their jobs, didn't <laughs> they? There it is. That's how they. So you wow. and I. Wow. This is like I, the, the board totally. with all
0: the lines. You that and are I being bought, drawn.
1: bought. you you and I basically bought Activision for Microsoft. Yeah,
0: I mean, essentially, that's our purchase. <laughs> Holy cow! Good for us. That's a theory. <laughs> well, with all of that, now that everyone knows um, about uh, my nerdy side, I'm sure we'll get into that some more. We will. I'm sure. Can't imagine that we wouldn't. And learning more about you. I didn't, I you didn't know, let, let me give it a little. Really,
1: let me give it a little bit of a tease, so that people come back next time yeah. and don't fast forward to this early this early segment if they haven't already. Yeah, but in the future, I, I will be talking to Tommy about his high school bull riding career. Yeah. Perfect. Which is a real thing. Yeah. So come back, come back soon for more stories about Tommy's youth. (laughs) Amazing.
0: Yep. We'll uh we'll get into that maybe someday. Um and for sure though, we are going to have a conversation today with someone very special, uh, Vanessa Dalrymple, who is a worship leader at our church on vertical worship, pretty much I I mean the queen of worship at Harvest. So Really excited to hear her story and how God has worked in and through her life. And we're going to get into that right now.
1: Hi, welcome here. I'm talking to you, Vanessa. This is Vanessa Dalrymple.
2: Hello. Did I
1: say your name right? Dalrymple? Dalrymple, yes. Yeah, Vanessa Dalrymple. She is, as Tommy said, the queen of worship at at Harvest, although probably not not the queen of worship. No, no. But uh, I'm really excited to talk to you, Vanessa. You actually... And I are from kind of the same part of the United States. West I Coast, Best Coast. Think. That's yeah. right. yeah. Little Pacific Northwest even. <laughs> That's right. So uh, excited to talk to you about all sorts of things. I before we start though, you just got off the COVID.
2: The COVID train? The COVID Express. Yeah. The um, Omicron. You got I, the Omicron. I did. I did. Um, like I was saying, this is the third time I've have, I've had COVID. And this one was like they say, like milder and it, yeah. was, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It wasn't that bad.
1: You're like a connoisseur of COVID now.
2: I I, I am. The third one tasted the best. Was it's it? Not, I don't know. Yeah. No. If you're <laughs> going to choose,
1: you would choose the third one. The
2: third one, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but we're good. That's we're good. good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I had it too.
2: I think I I think I may have, I don't know if I can say this on here, but I may have given it to a lot of people on okay. our staff. thank you. So yeah. no, I, I, you might have been one of them. Okay. <laughs> it's all good. So if I didn't report it to you earlier, nah, it's all good. Okay.
1: Honestly, at this point, whatever.
2: I was in the teaching um, team meeting with everybody, oh, so that's... that was one moment where I thought that might that, that could go bad. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> I, I actually have a history of being a super spreader at this church. Like we've had to shut down a cohort because I gave it to wow <laughs> everybody. But but we're. We're in the clear. We're in the clear. Are you, Wesley? Okay. Wesley's concerned. Yeah,
1: everybody else in the room <laughs> just decided to put on KN95 masks
2: <laughs> or whatever.
1: Okay. So, um, Vanessa, how long have you been at Harvest?
2: Oh, it'll um, well, it's been a year since uh, last this last November. So, just a year and a couple months. Wow. Yeah.
1: But before that, you were around before that though?
2: We were. So we were here back in 2014, 2015 for a short little stint. Um, we weren't totally here at Harvest um, Bible Chapel. We were kind of um, like part time here and then part time at a fellowship church, um, Harvest Lake Zurich.
1: Okay. Yeah. I was just in Lake Zurich yesterday. It's kind of oh, near yeah. my house over there. Yeah. Um, so you, you are from an interesting family. I actually, the times that we've talked in the past, uh, the very few stories you told me about your family, I found very interesting. (laughs) So, um, tell me a little bit about uh, first of all, where your like where you call your hometown?
2: Yeah, home base. Yes, it's interesting that you remember that. Um, so my family, we're kind of from the um, Central Valley of California. So it's like farming, rural community, not what you think of when you think of California. It's not like, you know, the ocean and Yosemite, although it's close, but um, but it's total rural area. And I come from a Russian community that's um, essentially... Um, a cult. I mean, I don't know how else to say it except for that. Maybe we'll edit so that where, part well, out later. N- gave,
1: what uh near what town? Bakersfield? So uh are right you from... in the middle.
2: No, Bakersfield's the worst. Um it's <laughs> right in the middle um <laughs> of Fresno Every, area. Everybody who's been to Bakersfield knows. <laughs> I mean oil city. <laughs> That's right. <probably> true. <laughs> so right but, in the middle of California is Fresno. Yeah. And there's a little tiny farming town called Kerman that is just West of that Okay And it's kind of All out in that area Madera Fresno
1: Visalia
2: Yeah it's a little That's a little south Okay Yeah But um, so my family There's a big Russian community Over in that area And then also Actually in like The east LA area So my mom Side of the family Came from there And then my dad's family Was all part of the Farming community Out there Both Russian uh huh. Both sides, Russian. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Do you speak Russian?
2: I don't yet. That's all I know. <laughs> that means no.
1: <laughs> Does your fa- do your parents speak it?
2: They can understand it, but when when they were raising us, they wanted to start separating out. Um, they they really wanted us to be able to have more of just like an English American, you know, uh, um, upbringing. So okay. Yeah. How much
1: of a communist are you? <laughs>
2: I can't legally say on this podcast. Um, okay, but I will tell I'm you kidding, growing up in the eighties, well, I, I mean, I won't say how old I am, but but I I remember stories of my parents saying that all their phones were tapped. Do you remember when like tapping was a thing? Yeah, yeah. Like all their, their phones were tapped in their in their family and there would be like government cars waiting like waiting around the neighborhood. Really? And, yeah. Because
1: they were Russian mm-hmm. and they were worried that they were uh Yeah, yeah
2: they were joining. Wow. Yeah. Okay, the, mm-hmm.
1: so um, why did you call it a cult?
2: Yeah, so I mean, by definition, right? Like, as maybe that's maybe I should say, from my understanding, anytime you have something that like a religious group that, like, from our standing standpoint as a believer, as a Christian, that if they have the Bible, but then they also bring in another book, like yeah, okay. it's a cult. So it. So what was the book? It was the book of. um Spirit and Life, I believe, is what it was called. A
1: book of Spirit and Life. So,
2: so what they believe? Okay, so this group of Russians, so they broke off from like the Russian Eastern Orthodox yeah. um, group, but they're called Molokans, and so they were kind of this like Gypsy Russian group that basically, when when there was like a state mandated fast for um, all the Russians to 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 um fast. They didn't want to do a full fast. They wanted to still even as I'm saying this right now, I really hope it's true. <laughs> it may be folklore. But um This which is what is, your parents
1: told you anyway. This is what my
2: parents told me. That they still wanted to be able to drink milk. So they're known as the milk drinkers. And, and so because of that, like, and I'm sure there is other reasons that maybe I I don't know all the information about. Might
1: might be more than just the milk.
2: (laughs) It seems like a trivial thing, but, but they were basically exiled. (laughs) It was really good. I mean, it was raw. It wasn't Mm -hmm. pasteurized. And they were exiled from, from Russia, their their community. Yeah. And so I have half of my like relatives went to Australia and then the other half went to Mexico. So I always... Feel a little bit disappointed that we didn't go to the Australia well, <laughs> group, but you know, I Not mean, that, yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> Thanks, Mom and Dad. Actually, great Grandma. But um, so, so basically, they're farmers, and they they began to as they broke away from this Eastern Orthodox um, faith. They they believe that there is this man prophet named Maxim that's going to one day come back just for the Russian Molokans. Oh. So truly. I mean it's
1: so is your I, I'm is your family active in no, this?
2: No. No, actually my my parents they went to a Billy Graham crusade oh, and God. my dad um, accepted Jesus there. So he went back to the church because they kind of claim to be Christians, yeah. and so there's a Bible there they they call themselves Christians. so in my family and how the church is set up um, it's it's set up under like family households yeah. and so there's like a lineage of who's going to be the next one that's going to be the the priest or the pastor of this place. I mean they don't have they have a different terminology for it, but um, so my dad was next in line for that, mm-hmm. and he gave a message about Jesus and they told him to never speak about him again oh, wow. and so from that point on they knew they had to leave yeah. so so then that was like their transition out of the russian church and you know any time that there is a a group that's not just built on like a a religious background but also like a cultural you know background really this was a cultural community um you know you didn't you didn't do business with anybody outside of the russian community you didn't like you only trusted that group. So, um, so for them to step out of that was like a huge, huge step of faith for them. I mean, they lost connection with their parents. They lost all of their community, their cousins, their, you know, ev- everybody that they did life with, they kind of had to start over. So, um, so yeah, so, they, so then they began what they, what they would always call going to the American church. And that's when really our whole journey as a family Um, with the Lord begin. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, uh, brothers, sisters, you have,
2: Mm -hmm. I have two older sisters. Okay. You're the youngest too, right? I am. Yes. You're the trouble. Yeah.
1: But also all girls.
2: Yeah. All girls. My dad,
1: my wife's family has all girls.
2: And isn't she the youngest too, right? She is. Yeah. four.
1: We are the most spoiled. (laughs) We're horrible. People <laughs> actually point that out sometimes because Jean, my Jeannie and I tend to fly by the seat of our pants. Mm-hmm. In most cases, yeah. in fact, right now outside of my house, uh, we tried to replace a few light bulbs on the light by my garage, and uh, it's currently not working. <laughs> I, I, well, I re, we re, she replaced them, but they don't they don't turn on. Mm. And uh, normally. Like an actual man would be able to sort that out, <laughs> but I have seriously thought about calling John Smith <laughs> to see if he could come over and uh, and find out why it is that the uh, anyway.
2: My husband's the firstborn, so if oh, you like so him to, yeah, he, <laughs> help yeah, you yeah.
1: <laughs> it is pretty funny. Anyway, so how much older than you are the are your sisters?
2: Um, so my oldest is five years older, and then and then my second is three years older. Okay, yeah. So kind yeah. of a pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. baby. Yeah, they're they're really close. They're like um, you know, like a year and a half apart, and then I came later. So okay, yeah, I was a true baby.
1: Do you, and so you call the Central Valley of California your home?
2: I haven't lived there for eleven years.
1: Like when you go back there, though, are you like eh, I'm going home?
2: I, okay. I I
1: what would you call that then?
2: I call it where I'm from. Okay. I wouldn't call it so. Home. Where
1: is home now? Here.
2: Home's here. Okay. Yeah.
1: You have lived in Oregon for a bit too.
2: I did for like eight years. So I have like different categories for home. That was Oregon is, you know, California was where I was raised. When I say I'm going back home to see family, I mean, I guess I do say that with California, but I never feel the sense that I'm returning back home. Okay. Um, but Oregon held kind of a different home because that's where we had all of our kids. Yeah. You know, all of them. Like I had 10, I have three. But, but, um, but that's where we had our kids. So there's like a certain kind of like that was home base for a while. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I was there for about eight years.
1: Are you uh, the, when you were young did you did you always sing? Like where did you learn singing in church? That's what a lot of people do, or what?
2: Yeah. So I um, I have a really distinct memory of um, of going to see Fiddler on the Roof. Um, do you remember that that Broadway like a play? the fiddler <laughs> on the roof, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, sunrise, sunset. Oh my gosh, that was like one of my favorite songs. <laughs> so when I was when I was little, my my I mom actually. A man. There you go. Go ahead. Indeed. You actually have a really good voice. You sang. No, no you sang. in no, I don't. You sang at, when you were teaching at Elgin. Oh yeah. And I was like, look at that.
1: Yeah, the the miracles never cease. <laughs> well, the spirit filled me so are you so you that's right but you started singing when you were really when I was
2: young but I was painfully shy like terrified so I never like I never sought after singing like I never was like oh I'll go do that I there it was like you know I held that I held that like love and that dream for that close but I never I never like could do it because I was just so painfully shy. And I had my middle sister. I I love you, Missy. um, But she was so loud and, and like, she was the one that like sang, and so I just never wanted to compete with that in a way, you know, she was the one that did it. So I was like, that's great. I like, I was just quiet and shy, and in a lot of ways, like a late bloomer, honestly, and um, and so I remember like.
1: Were you into other things?
2: I, okay, I was a yeah, I was a swimmer. I was a water oh, polo player. Swimmer
1: and water polo. Mm-hmm.
2: So I was fun fact. I I was on the first um, girls team for um, the Central Valley at um, my, school, my, my school. They didn't wow. have a girls' team, so I first started playing with the boys. Okay. and then Water polo. mm mm-hmm, water polo.
1: Okay, wait, that's a little weird. <laughs> for anybody who's played water polo before, yeah, right, if you were yeah. playing, it's a very physical sport. Right? It is, like You get yeah. clocked in the head a lot and yeah. grabbed and stuff like Scratched, that. So it's not the of, kind of thing that I would think well. co-ed water polo would be something that they do. <laughs> no.
2: Well, they were either really mean, the guys were either really mean, or they just wouldn't go near me. Yeah, because yeah. they're like... Yeah, exactly.
1: You scored a lot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did. That was junior high, though, too. So you know, like, yeah. But then when I first started in high school, we were the first girls' team. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, it was. So
1: what 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 what, uh, strokes did you swim?
2: Um, I was an IM swimmer, and then Mm -hmm. butterfly was my main. Was my main. Do you
1: still show off the butterfly stroke from I, time to time for the kids? I
2: do, and for Tim, because my husband he can't swim. So, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> like he can't he can, swim at all. He can swim. I mean, like, like float. No, he can't float. It was actually shocking to me. Like he's he's pretty athletic. He can do a lot of things, but <laughs> I watched him in the water, and he just is like a rock. He says it's from muscle mass, but. I <laughs> It's just not, that's yeah. not the case. He just can't do it. So you just swim so, butterfly by him uh-huh, back and I do. forth. Yeah, just to show off. It's the one thing I can do that's much better. Than okay. Yeah. Okay. So with water polo, I, can I, can I like confess something? Yeah. <clears throat> so there was this one game where this girl, like, so like water polo is, it's, Yeah, it's very physical, and there's, like, different categories. I'm sure just, like, anything else, like, there's, like, you know, your lower level, and then you get to high school, and then you get to, like, college, and they go from, like, you know, like, we're just all young people playing to, like, these professional, like. Yeah, yeah, Pepperdine. Yeah, Yeah. Mm. that's actually one of the schools I wanted to go to. I know,
1: Pepperdine's a big waterfall school.
2: Yes, and Santa, yeah, UC Santa Barbara was the other one. Mm. So, so, um. So anyways, there's this one girl though that looked like she was eight years older than everybody else playing with us high schoolers, right? So she was just brutal and she would always grab my, my suit and like pull me back. And she basically used me as like her, like to use, like to push against and as her footing. And as you know, in water polo, you can't touch the ground or anything like that. So, so she just would use me and like push against me and like pull me down. And I was just like, I had had enough. So. So um she was swimming away and just kicking water in my face and and we were in this final tournament and I grabbed her toe and I snapped it somehow Not a girl. and I broke her toe and I was ejected though from were you? The, the from, first, water from the rest of the, the <laughs> tournament but <laughs> for breaking her toe but I have to tell you it was one of my my prouder moments yeah, I was to be say, I mean obviously you later take from her <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, yeah. Did anyway. you guys
1: lose the turn- the game anyway?
2: No, we won. Yeah, so and all worth up, it then. Yeah, I actually ended up winning all tournament because I was towards the end. Of right. it, but Yeah. So those are some of my prizes. So great. all that to say, I did other things besides sing. But, but yeah, I always love singing. I always I, I knew. When did you
1: like when when did you start to sing in front of people?
2: like besides the national anthem and things like that. You said when's Okay, what was the first like high school I did that. Okay, but
1: what's the first time you remember standing in front of people and singing?
2: Um when I was I mean like there was like okay, so I came from a family that loved music. So they would put my sisters and I up in front of like you know in front of the the Russian relatives and sing songs. So that was I mean that what was, was like What's your maiden name? Katurgan. It's
1: the Katurgan sisters. <laughs> That's good.
2: <laughs> um, so I, I remember that. Um, but then high school was like national anthem. And I remember singing that at something. It's a hard song to sing. It is. It's actually like I, I I did have to sing it once for a Miss California pageant. And I I wrote, I was so terrified that I was going to forget the lyrics. So I wrote them all on my hand, like in a Sharpie. Yeah, yeah. Um. But, like, you know what happens, like, when you write on your skin with, like, a Sharpie? Like, it just bleeds into... Because I was so sweaty. And then this, like, bright light came on. And um, I honestly think it was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Really? I was never asked back, for sure. Okay,
1: so... You weren't in the Miss California pageant. No, you were just singing No, the, no, 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 no. The, okay. Yeah.
2: No, I was not. But I just sang for it. But I, then I started leading worship when I was about... I mean, I did it like a little bit in high school and junior high, like little things here and there. But then I kind of started, you know, big church. I don't know if like yeah, yeah. that was ever a thing. There was like, you know, youth group yeah, and there the was like big stuff. church. Yeah. And so I started when I was like 19. And First time you yeah. did it,
1: would you were you like freaked out of your mind or were you like, no, this is... Good.
2: Uh, I I was terrified. I remember muting the microphone because I didn't want anyone to hear me, and so I just muted it. And I was like, I don't know what's wrong with the sound. So, just, <laughs> so you totally. <laughs> I just turned it. I just turned it off. How and, did they start the song then? Well, I was just a background singer. Oh, you know, okay. I was just like a vocalist, oh, as they call it, it. like okay, you know, yeah. bgvs. So I wasn't like I didn't have to do any like leading. But I I had um there was this guy Micah um he was awesome. He kind of looked like. You know, is it Legolas from Lord of the Rings? He had like the long. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I, I should. I'm not a nerd like Tommy. Yeah. Orlando can, Bloom yeah. was Legolas. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there you okay. go. So um, so anyways, he was he was great. He was like, he was the one that helped kind of really continue to like push me out of my shell yeah. and keep me going. So I credit a lot to like my first ministry mentor, it's okay. Micah, helping me kind of grow and Good. yeah, yeah. And then after that, like I right at 23. I remember specifically at 23, the Lord told me I was going to do this more and, and that would be in ministry and specifically worship ministry. So
1: how, when you say that, how, how exact, but before I say this, by the way, you know, you know, Judd of vertical worship. Yes. his hair is just like Legolas. Oh my
2: gosh. I, right. I had, I, oh my gosh. It's like, oh yeah. Every time I, see,
1: every time I saw him, I was like, yeah, you're Legolas. Yeah. Like a big Legolas. Yeah, he is. Yeah. It's true. Um, so I what were you just saying? I was so so enraptured with my with
2: with Judd's hair. With Judd's
1: hair. It's kind
2: of a full circle moment for me actually. I mean started. Yeah, and now I get to sing with him again. Yeah. That's fantastic. But you get this guy
1: who is who is a who is a mentor to you and and he gave you lots of opportunities to sing.
2: Yeah, he did. I mean he was truly like he was truly a pastor too. You know, it wasn't I'm thankful for the church that I, I grew up in. It was kind of right around the whole like vineyard when vineyard songs were coming into yeah. into the churches when we were kind of putting down the hymn, hymnals and we were starting to sing these other kind of choruses yeah. um, so i i re- really grew up kind of under that and yeah. that that time period when things were changing and and our church added a third service and that was really edgy to add like this third service that didn't use hymnals and... Yeah, like a contemporary service.
1: Contemporary, contemporary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yep.
2: So okay. yeah, so he was just a great pastor and, and really started teaching.
1: So you said that you, you felt like the Lord had told you that you were going to do this. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Did you just wake up one morning and had this feeling or or did you hear a verbal voice or did like what did somebody just affirm that to you
2: no i i mean i remember it was kind of more of like a in the way that you hear the lord's voice where it it's it's a familiar i i knew it was him and i knew he was saying it to me but it was also in just the sense like (laughs) i do you remember um do you know Switchfoot, the band Switchfoot?
1: I do. I love the band Switchfoot. Okay.
2: So, you know, a song, This Is Your Life? Yes. Like, you know, so I remember it. It was literally like a sequence, like where, like, I, I, I was like, listen, it was like that song was playing. And I was at this job. Actually, I was working for my parents, and it was the worst. I, it was like data entry, and it was just the same thing day in and day out. And I, I love my parents, but working for them was awful. Mm. And I mean, it's just, I, like I'm a more of a creative too. And so just from like sitting at a desk with like insurance, I mean, it was numbers and it was just the worst. So I remember just like that song would just play in my head all the time. Like, this is your life. Are you who you want to be? I'm like, no. And I was an angsty 20 something year old, yeah. you know? So like, so I was just already thought like, what am I doing with my life? I'm just wasting it here behind Had the you desk. been to college? I, yeah, I was in college. I was in college during this time. Where did you so go to college? It was Fresno State, so California yeah, yeah, State, yeah, yeah. you know, Fresno. So I, my my degree was in English literature, and so I was looking at, like, wanting to do, like, creative writing and all these other things, and here I was, like, working at this, like, medical billing office. I mean, honestly, yeah, the worst. Did I say well, it was, it was the worst? Of, well, this a
1: <laughs> form of literature, I guess. It's a different genre. <laughs> a
2: different genre. That's true. That's true. So I, so I just remember, like— I mean, it was a series, too, of just feeling this, like, I think, Lord, you want me to do something different. I just, like, it wasn't working. And I knew, like, I was kind of getting to this point in my life, too, where where I, I like, I was growing in ministry, and I really loved it, but it wasn't what I was doing, like, as a job. But I just really felt like it was like a magnet. You know, mm-hmm. I just wanted, I wanted to be there. And I just felt like everything in my heart just was drawn to more of that. And... And I remember, I remember like it was truly one day I heard the Lord say, you're going to do, it was actually specifically, you're going to do more with your hands than this. And, and I knew what he meant by that was yeah. going to be ministry. So that's great. Yeah. And
1: so like when, when you got that kind of vibe, mm-hmm. what, what did you do? Like, did you go in a different direction almost immediately or? Did yeah, you like-
2: actually it was, it was almost immediate that there was um, a church that I had started, started um, helping lead at on a, on a weekend. They were a, kind of a new church or a church plant and they had been about a year in and they needed help with worship. And then, um, and they also needed an office manager. And so since I had already been doing some office type stuff, <laughs> um, it, it ended up being like within a week, really, they called and asked if I would be interested in working full time for them. So I left my parents' wow. house, my parents' job and, <laughs> and went over there. So yeah.
1: And were you kind of the worship, uh, director type
2: there? Well, I was, I was, I was, so I started just like an office, yeah. um, and I would lead on, on Sundays with Legolas, the, the, yeah, first, yeah, yeah. am I saying that right? Yeah. Legolas. Yeah. Okay. That. Legolas. Um, we should so, just change
1: the name of Judd.
2: <laughs> so, uh, I started working working and leading with him over yeah. there and, and he, He ended up, I mean, I don't need to tell his story. He, he just, he ended up not being there anymore. And so the pastor there at the time had said, we need a worship leader this Sunday. You're it from now on. So that was how I started leading worship. That was literally, and I had to learn how to lead from keys because I didn't really know yet at that time. And and, um, did you play? A,
1: did you play an instrument? I you, mean, I did. I play played guitar now.
2: Yeah, I play. Always play keys and and guitar. So, but it it wasn't something that I felt like confident with. So I just kind of had to. I had to learn how to lead a band, and I had to jump right in there. So right, yeah. So then I was I was their worship leader, and and how old are you? How old was I? Yeah, I was twenty four. Twenty four
1: when you first started doing 24. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. yeah. So, at what point do boys start coming into this picture?
2: <laughs> well, this is actually okay. So there's all this kind of this side of the story, but actually, like, there's like a whole other world that was happening at the same time in mm-hmm. my life at this time. so so I actually, at this point, um part of like you know people that know me, they know that I think I've even told you this before, like, you know you know in the in the gospels when Jesus says like, if someone was forgiven of like 500 denarii versus like, you know, five or whatever, yeah, yeah. who's the one that has been, who's the one that, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, we'll be like happier, is thankful the most. Or, um, yeah. so that's like, that's my story. So there's all this that's going on, right. I'm kind of doing the things I'm going to college and ministry role, but then there's this whole other side of my life that was, that was also happening. So, um, so growing up in in the home that I did, and the like, even in our like Russian background, all these things played so much into um, like high expectations of what it meant to be, what it meant to be a woman, mm-hmm. what it what it meant to be in relationships. So, um, if you're 23 and not married, that's like a big no no mm-hmm. in in the community I grew up in. So, and then it just even like perception of like, um, women were supposed to be, um, were supposed to look a certain way. And so there was just a lot of pressure on, on just that whole world to growing up. So while I was also like walking towards this ministry world, I had been dealing with an eating disorder for about 12 years. Oh, that dear. was intense, but nobody knew. And I kept it really quietly. And I was, you know, in sports and doing, and, and growing in sports and, and all these other areas. But I was like, starving and was totally wrecking my health on Mm. this side. Um, and at that same time too, like it was, it was a, it was like, um, I mean, part of my, again, and like my, my parents, like they know this and we've talked about this. And so there's so much grace even in this, but so much of growing up was, um, if you could, if you could find a man that, that, that liked you, then that was the main point. You do everything you can to get married and you get, you do everything you can to make sure you find like somebody t- that, that wants to be with you. So, so much of like even purpose was that. So I ended up getting married like right about 19. Whoa. Yeah. And, and so throughout that whole time I was going to school, but I was in this was smear- a guy
1: within your, it was a guy within you
2: No, but... No, it wasn't, but... Um, so, that
1: wasn't as important. It wasn't like you had to marry somebody who was within the Russian...
2: No, it had a lot more to do with... Um, it had a lot more to do with family. Okay. So, if this was a good family, yeah. you want to marry into a good family. Yeah. And they were. They were a good family. But um, but I was a kid, and he was a kid, and... and it, and again, more of the status kind of thing mattered because they were they were a big ministry family. And so there was a lot of status in that. And that's what mattered. And and so so for the first my really my twenties, I was in this marriage that was really broken from the start. But but we were kids that had no counsel. And we were like, I was, I mean, I was the classic picture of somebody that was doing all these things in ministry but totally was not bringing my whole life before the Lord. Mm. So like I often tell people that part of my story is that I actually didn't find Jesus until I was 28. And even though I was beginning to like, I, I, I felt the Lord's like draw and I felt his call in my life. It wasn't until I was 28 when like everything fell apart in my life that I actually believed in Jesus. Because we can do stuff for him. We can, we can like do the right things that we think is are the right things, or we can check all the boxes. But, but to actually like know and believe that there was this God who, that, that there was this man, Jesus who loved me and actually like had grace over my life. And I could actually take all this brokenness and that he would actually care about it. That was all new for me.
1: Yeah. You must be born again. Right, (laughs) Right? That's the new birth, right? Right. Right, That's right.
2: So all that. So there was a, probably about, um, a few years um, before I was 27, 28, where I began sensing that um, I, I just felt like my life wasn't, like, honest. There wasn't, like, mm. this entirety of my life. that Because you're
1: leading worship in all this at the same time and involved in this church. And yeah,
2: I was. So it's and, like living
1: kind of two lives.
2: Yeah, ways. and I, I mean, I would describe it more than anything as just, like, numb. Mm. My life was just, like, numb. And, and, um, and I felt alone, Like I just felt really alone and, and at that time too. And I, I don't, you know, I don't, again, like this is part of my story and he has his own story in it too, but there is just this like riff even of, of, um, ministry. And there was just like, um, I mean, I I look back now as two kids that didn't have any tools and weren't honest enough to like get help. Mm. And, um, and so I kind of got to some breaking points in my life where I was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. We need help. So I began like three years of counseling and that's actually where, I don't know if you're familiar with Celebrate Recovery. Yeah, um, I am. So I started going to that because I saw that I was somebody that had major issues with anxiety. Like I ended up in the hospital because I had such intense anxiety mm. and, and now I can look back on it and see that I was I was somebody that wasn't living honestly mm. and so my body was trying to get my attention because mm. I wasn't being honest like I wasn't telling myself like this isn't okay or these are broken this is wrong I need help so it wasn't until like I ended up in the hospital I thought I, ha- I was literally dying of a heart attack that that when the doctor came to me and he said can I give you some anxiety medicine I was like what like this is what anxiety <laughs> is yeah. um and that's when I was like okay white flag like I can't keep doing this and I can't keep standing up in front of people on a Sunday pretending like, and I, I didn't even think I was pretending that was the weirdest part of it. Mm. Um, I thought I was, I thought I was like honoring the Lord by still standing up and doing the ministry thing. Mm. And, um, and so I began going to celebrate, recovery for anxiety, um, <clears throat> truly for like codependency. I don't know. We don't tend to use that word a whole lot, but right. I was a total enabler. I, I wasn't, I was so afraid of, of um. Letting like pieces fall and letting things just like like to deal with them honestly. I was always trying to hold hold everything up, and yeah. and honestly, I was, I was um, really self protective, you yep. know, and and so, it wasn't until I was going through through that, and then uh, I just had a fantastic counselor. I he um, he looked like Santa, but he talked like Jack Nickel Nicholson, Nich- <laughs> yeah. He was maybe like, it was him. It, maybe it was. <laughs> he was from New Jersey, and so okay. he was just tough. But then he was, he was like a grandpa. Yeah. And, um, anyways, he, I just always, I, I am so thankful for for Nick for those three years. But he, um, between just those those two things, the Lord just completely like got a hold of my life and met me. And, um, and I remember being in my backyard one day, and I was um, at this point too. Um, my husband at the time he had just decided he didn't want to keep going down that road. So he didn't want to get help and he just was done. So he said he didn't want to be married and and that was that was kind of the progression of, of the end of that. And I remember being like alone in my house during that time and
1: It was pretty pretty devastating to deal with all those things all at once.
2: Yeah, while working in ministry too. Yeah. Because um because at that Again, at that time, I, I didn't know how to just be Vanessa, the person that needed a savior just like everybody else and still like be in front of people. I thought I needed to have it all together. Yeah. So I didn't know what even to do with this messiness and this brokenness. And, and um, also all the things that I was contributing to it, you know, I, didn't, I, I just didn't know what to, where to take that. And so, um, so I felt really alone. Yeah, um, Except though, except... The only thing that I didn't was because I was I was also, though, in this group of people who were also really at the end of themselves. So like so when you're with a, a group of people that are in a recovery program they at what's the first step? Like, I'm powerless. Yeah. I've made a mess of my life. And so there's just this different kind of receptive like a. So it's just the kind receptive. of community
1: that you'd form there because nobody's trying to put on airs. No
2: one is trying to perform for anybody. Yeah. We all know that we've messed up. And so we're all there and there's just this different kind of grace. I yeah. mean, truly like the first time I went to one of those meetings, I cried because I, I remember thinking, Oh, this is where Jesus likes to hang out. Mm. Like he's really welcome here in this place. Um, you know, because he came to save the sick <laughs> and, and we were all like in need of, of, of help. So, um, so even though I was alone, I also started started feeling this like new kind of community and this new way of living where I was able to just embrace like um, embrace the Lord, embrace that I may have been like alone, like in the sense that I was I lost my marriage and and I didn't have that anymore. But I but the Lord was with me in a way that He had I hadn't experienced before. So I didn't, I, I I wasn't alone. I may have felt lonely, but I wasn't alone. Okay. And, um, so yeah, so I remember at that, like sitting out in my my backyard and, um, and crying a different kind of, it was a different kind of tear that came from, from that, that day because it was the first time that I remember, um, it was nothing that I, what I, what I could have done, but it's everything about, it has everything to do with what Jesus had, had done for me. Yep. And, um, and I just remember really like believing it in a way that was so different than when you're five and you say a prayer or when you're in high school and you're kind of hearing these things and you're like, yeah, okay, I believe that. But this was like, no, there was like, <laughs> there was like, I had tangible things that I was bringing to the Lord yeah. and that I had said, I've made a mess of my life. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I look at that as, as like the it's marker. when you came to faith in Christ. I really, yeah. I really do. I really believe that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And
1: so did you take a break from worship leading and stuff?
2: I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. I took a break. Um, oh gosh, I think it was probably about a year and a half. Um, I took a couple breaks. breaks. Um, there was, I took a break um, for, yeah, for about like nine months, 10 months. It was, it was a little less than a year. And then I started um, serving actually at the celebrate recovery because oh, cool. they needed help and, yeah. and they knew that I did that. And so, so I helped, over there for a little bit, which is the sweetest, again, leading worship with people who are all just really broken and hungry for the Lord is really sweet. Um, you're not actually, you're not like leading really anything. You're just playing some songs (laughs) and they're just singing from their guts and it's really beautiful. So that was really cool and restorative, even from a ministry standpoint of, um, of really being led by them. And it was, and, and the team that I had at that time too, like, you know, there, was, there were no professionals in it. There was no such thing as like a professional worship person in right. that ministry. Right. And um, so they were just happy to serve. They were just happy to be there. And everybody's lives were kind of slowly being built back together, but on the Lord and his grace. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a different kind of joy in that. And that was really sweet. And then um, It's
1: different being part of a church now, right? I mean, w- when you've been in that kind of setting and then yeah. you come back... You get involved in the local church and, yeah. you know, we tend to have a habit of putting faces on when we come to church. We got to yeah. feel, most of us feel like we got to make sure everybody knows we're all together. Right. Or sorry that I've got it all together. Right. That it's it's hard, you know, especially if you've gone through a situation like that, because you're looking at everybody and you're like, you know, we don't really, yeah, we'd all be freer if we right. just recognized. Well, we everything.
2: all come in with stories. We all come in with our own baggage of things that, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's not, it doesn't carry the same weight as it does, but we all have our, we all have our stories that we bring in, our past that we bring in. And, um, and you know, I think that like, I, I have, I have felt in my, like, and now, now being a ministry, I want to be somebody that gives permission yeah. for people to feel safe to bring their stuff yeah. before the Lord. Like, I don't want to be somebody that, that, that models that you have to have a, it all together. Like I want to be somebody ha- that, yeah. that, yeah, nobody you know, does. Cause nobody does. It's that's right. That's silly game. That's right. yeah That's right. Yeah. So at this side of ministry, I always, that's always my, my hope and prayer that, that, um, that I never get in the way of that or I never contribute, you know, to that yeah. because everybody has something that they're bringing in and Absolutely. it's okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So when did you get, uh, I mean, you're married now to Tim yeah, yeah. and you met him when?
2: Um, I met him, um, in a little, studio outside of it chicken feed factory in turlock california
1: as you do as
2: yes as one does and um and he was actually playing drums for a album i was working on at the time and so he was uh he was a hired gun and were you
1: so an album were you
2: i was working on it my own solo, your album, own solo album yeah yeah do you,
1: is it is that what's the name of that solo? i
2: album? will not share <laughs> such information. okay so
1: look for i will not share by vanessa
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh so he yeah he played drums for that. And I mean, honestly, I met him there, but, but he was working at a different, uh, another church in a different town. Like we lived a couple hours apart from each other. So I had played some, some shows around California and I would hire people to come and play yeah. with me. And so he was one of the guys that I hire occasionally. So we got to know each other through that. And then, yeah. um, but then I kind of took a little bit of a sabbatical from ministry altogether and I moved to Nashville and he was, why, um, well,
1: why, like why Nashville? Well, people I, in the West Coast don't think of Nashville much. Sorry. They don't. Or well, maybe you do.
2: Well, I, I i mean, I was a songwriter. Okay, so, so as a songwriter, the... you either want to go to L.A. or yeah. you want to go to Nashville. And I knew I was a single girl moving there by myself. And so Nashville seems safer. <laughs> I mean, just honestly. And I'd always wanted to go, you know, like growing yeah. up in California, I knew L.A. I kind of like I'd gone there a lot. My parents were I mean, my mom was from there. So. Nashville just kind of felt like a new start too. Yeah. Just some like a fresh start and um, and so yeah. So I moved over there and um. What were you doing? I, I was working at Starbucks. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have a good story about this. So I, I worked at a drive-through that was um, close to Vanderbilt College over there in Nashville. And at Starbucks drive-through. Starbucks drive-through. What are you supposed to
1: say at the beginning of the Starbucks drive-through?
2: i um, not. What's your name? No, no, I don't understand that. It's, did you No, I never did it when I was there. I would just say, hey, welcome yeah. to Starbucks. Hey, can I get, what can I get started for that's you? That's right. Can, that I, you yeah, now? I would say, what can I get started for you? Yeah. But okay. now they say, hey, what's your name?
1: Do they? Yes. They ask your name? I, I don't. I, so mind your own business, that's, Starbucks.
2: That's right. I'm, I'm here for coffee. <laughs> I'm not here to talk. Do they I, ask
1: for your email too?
2: <laughs> Phone number? Social security. <laughs> totally. Do you have COVID? They kind of do now though, don't they? <laughs> basically so um so, what's your papers? so that so that one taylor swift used to drive through oh oh yeah so and i since i worked the drive through i got to get her coffee for her a couple of times but it was also during the plague of the cicadas when i was there oh, so yeah. this was like i mean like locust plague i mean it was just like everywhere and from california we didn't have anything like that i mean we had like smog and it was hot but like I mean, we never had like Bugs No, not like that, no. so so Taylor and I had a good laugh. I mean, like we're I mean I she probably like remembers it she probably does. <laughs> I think I made an impact on her. I'm pretty sure I did keep her receipt because I thought you know maybe it would be worth something totally, day, but she probably wrote a song about it she about our encounter yeah uh, for, uh, for sure, our <laughs> friendship <laughs> so I uh,
1: well well' other than Starbucks, I'm assuming you were there for the songwriting and the. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, okay, so I I was there for songwriting. That was like the, why are you moving there? Well, I want to be a songwriter, so I want to go to Nashville. But I I think more than anything, I look back at that time as a marker just with my walk with the Lord. No good. He was doing a lot of healing in my life, and it was a reset for me. So I would hike and walk a lot, and, and just outside of my work hours at Starbucks, I would just go and like have a lot of time alone with the Lord and that was really sweet and just did a lot of exploring because I like that anyways and so I met like fascinating people and I mean the Nashville world is so interesting because you have people from all different backgrounds that are all coming for the same thing to be like in music and and kind of all trying to make it which is just an interesting you you bring like all those kind of people in one room because like everywhere you go, everyone's kind of trying to make it. And so, you know, you, it's like rare to, and I don't want to like speak ill of Nashville cause I love it, but like, it was just a really interesting, like, you know, there's like a sociology to it. You know, you're watching these people and everybody's trying to like connect with people. And because you never know if they're going to be the one that's going to like,
1: yeah, get networking. you ahead and, right.
2: and yeah but it's also so, kind
1: of self-serving networking.
2: totally totally but <clears throat> there was this one place that I used to go to it's not there anymore um but it was called the family wash and they kind of had this rule that you don't talk shop there mm. you just go to hang out and so like that was a place I'd end up going to all the time and and I met some really great people that like they had just been there for a long time and and this was like you know, their world, they were, they would tour, they were musicians, but like, but honestly, like one of the things that I noticed was, was a lot of them, like they had been striving after this like dream, but, um, they were just kind of keep, they kept chasing after it and, and which was great, I guess, but I knew that wasn't what the Lord had called me to. Right. And, and so it was during actually those times I was talking to the guy, um, I would always call him Old Man Pete. I was talking to Old Man Pete and and um, he doesn't know that I called him that though. I just called him Pete. But um, yep. but I just remember at that moment, remembering that the Lord had called me to ministry years ago and that he was going to call me back. Yeah. And so um, it was right around that time too, that I started talking more to Tim yeah. and he was in Atlanta at that time. And so we were just kind of close. Kind of, yeah, about four hours away. So we would talk and, and um, see what's going on in each other's worlds. And How
1: long was it before you guys decided to get married?
2: We dated for six months. Ooh. And we were engaged for 11 weeks. So. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so was so when the
1: decision was made. It yeah, was, we knew. It was made. Yeah.
2: And, um, yeah, and we decided that... Where know, did we, you
1: live initially then?
2: What do you mean? Like,
1: where did you, like, I don't know, like, Atlanta, Nashville where did you where you live? Oh, did oh when you know? we first
2: okay so yeah. we moved back to California where all all of our family was at the time and because we had just gone again because we had gone through so much we had such a community that yeah, had yeah. walked with us so much we wanted to go back to that community just as kind of a little bit of like a, a yeah. covering you know yeah so we moved back to California because we knew we were going to get married and um and and that started the whole new chapter of, of our lives. so so yeah and then and then we moved to Oregon from there I don't and know. You, that's like I'm telling no, a lot know, of it's like, little it's, snippets. No, it's
1: great. But you were in Oregon for several years. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you had yeah. your kids there. Mm-hmm. What are your kids' names?
2: Jack. He is nine. Finn is seven. And Esther is three. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
1: If you've yeah. met Esther, you will know it.
2: Mm-hmm. She's Delightful. <laughs> yes, I love your kids. Is, They're yeah. fantastic. Oh, thank you. They yeah. really are.
1: So. Um,
2: True gifts. True gifts. Oh, they are me. without yeah. without a doubt. But you gifts, came to
1: yeah. you. How
2: did you get involved with Harvest? Um. So that's through. So Tim went to Liberty, and yeah. and, and why does everybody go to Liberty? Everybody, I don't know. Like so, growing up on the West Coast, like going living in California, I didn't, I yeah. didn't know a single person. I haven't. I mean, honestly, I never heard of Liberty before. So I it heard just of wasn't because
1: of Jerry Falwell. <laughs> but that, like you know, West yeah. Coast. When you're on the West Coast, it's no, not a yeah. positive thing. People are no,
2: like, yeah. No, I mean like Westmont was a place that a lot of people wanted to go yeah, to, yeah, so or like however. you know, so so um, so he had gone to Liberty and knew just. I mean, when you go to a school like that, you just you have all those connections in the ministry world, and so he was part of a ministry team that uh, worship ministry team out there, and so he knew some of the people that were already at Harvest, and and so that was kind of like the initial connection was he knew some of the people that were on staff here, and and Tim if you know, if anyone knows my husband, Tim, he's a phenomenal musician. And so, um, for a while, they'd kind of try to get him out here, um, just to kind of help be part of what they were doing, you know, vertical and some of the other things. Um, but, um, but actually we had, we kept saying, no, I mean, I was really like Chicago. Mm -mm." Why not? (laughs) I just had this picture in my mind of being cold, which is accurate. And, um, so that was actually a true thing. And then just, you know, we were we were pregnant with our first, you know, our first kid and yeah. the thought of like raising, I think I pictured it like New York, you know, where everybody is like downtown yeah. and, and I just didn't, I didn't have like a framework for that. I don't know. I just, I'm kind of a little bit of like a nature person yeah, too, yeah. you know? So I don't know. It just was, it just didn't even seem like an option. But, um, and then he just, and since he wasn't super <laughs> into it, it just was like, okay, never mind. Let's go to Oregon. And, um, but actually Harvest like was on the table. It kept coming back on the table, and it was the third time they reached out to us while we were in Oregon. Um, that we we thought maybe we should check it out, and that was the first time that we moved out here, two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And now you've been here for well, you are there here for just a little while then, uh-huh. and now you're back here for yeah. a year, and yeah, this will be your home for a long time, right? Home,
2: yeah, home for a long time. We're here. That's great. We're here. Yeah. This is I. I um, the last time that we came out and visited here before we decided to move, mm-hmm. it both Tim and I just felt a real excitement to what's be the part best,
1: of. What's the best part of it?
2: I'm um, living here now. I love the community. Mm. I love the people I work with. Truly, I, mm. I mean, like, Oregon was beautiful. Um, but it, it, it like, you just can't replace a good community.
1: No, nah, Midwesterners are lovely. They really are. They really
2: are. They really are. I mean, Oregon, they're, I love Oregon, but they're like independent yeah, and, you know, mm-hmm. a North different Westerners kind of angstiness bit, yeah, and, totally. yeah. In the
1: Midwest are pretty yeah, genuine. They are. Yeah. No. And, True uh, hospitality. The cold is probably the thing that you were like, ugh.
2: I prayed specifically that we'd move somewhere warm and we came here. and It so gets warm here? Every summer, the Lord laughs a so little and he says, there you go. <laughs> there's, <laughs> the, there's the warmth." <laughs> yeah. But, you know. No, it's not too bad. No, it's, it's not. not no.
1: It's not too bad at all. It
2: makes us tougher, you know? Like cold weather is good for your immune system. It like helps oh, to okay. strengthen you. It's like, you know, when you lift weights. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't lift weights. <laughs> you know when you do you lift weights? Well, why are you laughing so hard? That's- Ouch. Um but No, I you, don't actually <laughs> <laughs> I mean I was just, you know, I, um <laughs> so like, you know, the you, you have to break down yeah the muscle in order to build it. Yeah. That's what the cold does to us. It breaks yeah. us down, but then we come back we stronger. Do. Well you
1: you appreciate the the warm Yep. Because of the cold yeah, right. a little bit more. That's right. Vanessa, I'm going to ask you a series. I love how God has worked in your life. I really do. I think it's really, yes, yeah. it's really cool. I've I've heard bits and pieces of this in the mm-hmm. past, but I'm really pleased to have heard more, yeah. and more and more of it. Um, yeah,
2: thanks. He's really restorative.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Yeah. Um, you're also really good at what you do. Yes. I I think all of <laughs> us want to like corporately express. Thank you for leading us in worship. Yeah. You and Tim especially and like there's a lot of really gifted people here. Yeah, there's really are. such a delight to be able to show up and have people who are really gifted at it. Thank you know, you. walk yeah. us down that path. And for writing your songs. You wrote a song recently. You're the mm-hmm. that you're famous again.
2: <laughs> What's your song? Uh we released uh, Blessed. Yeah. Um yeah.
1: That was you you wrote that mm-hmm. and yeah, along with some other
2: other yeah. Days, yeah.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah. And it was a really big hit, big release.
2: Yeah. I think it's connecting to people and yeah. I hope so. And I think anytime we, we write scripture, you know, I don't think we can we can like go too far <laughs> wrong on that, you know. So I no, think that's that, fantastic. Yeah. Hey,
1: being part of vertical worship, I yeah. do have a funny question a weird question. Like what's the what's it like to be somebody who's like on a rock band? for a Christian rock band who shows up somewhere and is on the one hand there to kind of serve people on the other hand has a merch table.
2: Yeah. Um, do you like it? It's fun. I, I I love it. It is really fun. And I think it's, it's really what a gift we get to enjoy the things we get to do and be part of. I think that's a gift. And you know, I hope I hope a lot of people get to enjoy what they do. So I, I you know, but I, I I know that's not always the case. So I think it's definitely fun, and like we're going out this weekend to a conference, and and um, I truly can't wait. I, I really can't wait. I, I we have a like I've talked about our team, like our team, they're, they're family. So I can't yeah. wait to spend time with them. But um, but I think you know, whenever we're part of something like this, it's the same thing with with our our church family. People like to belong to something, yeah. You know, and so I think even with this, with this whole notion of like merch, right? Yeah. You know, doing this now and and seeing the I, people by the that way, I'm
1: not criticizing them. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay.
2: Great. I mean, but, well, you have your own merch. March.
1: Oh yeah, totally. I don't actually, but <laughs> I, I I'm planning on it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I mean, t- you know, I look at something like. When c- people come up after after a concert or after the workshops that we do, and they go home with a hat, oh, it's because they
1: appreciate you. That's right. Yeah, and they remember
2: the time that yeah. and they remember the moment. And so it's same it's, reason
1: like, I buy a hat from Chicago when I visit, or you know what I mean, or right. from New York, yeah. or whatever. It's because yeah. you want to remember the, totally. the experience, and mm-hmm. you like vertical worship.
2: That's right. So that's right. Yeah, but it is it's a lot of fun, and and um, there's just something really cool about being able to have the um, permission. To like go and speak into people's lives. That's oh, awesome. I mean, my goodness, yeah, what a privilege sweet. that is, you know. Um, and so I don't take it lightly. Yeah. And um,
1: what's the weirdest thing that's happened? <laughs> on, seriously, on stage or behind the scenes? Weirdest thing. Come on. Oh yeah. my gosh. Come on. Well, i I
2: mean, I've done, I, like. I had a moment where I drooled excessively on stage and it expanded. Act- <laughs>
1: did you see the dentist earlier that day or
2: something? No. I was really into this interlude and I was playing keys and. <laughs> and in my head, I, I mean, I, for a moment, I felt like I was like Chris Martin from Coldplay. And, yeah, yeah. And so, but as I was getting ready to sing, I, I'm kind of a drooler anyways. It's like a thing. It's a quirk, and nobody needs to know this. But But so as I was getting ready to sing, you just heard on the microphone this long. <laughs> 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 so that, I mean, that was like weird, you know? Like that's that good. was, yeah, I can't probably share some of the other things no, because it's too embarrassing. Yeah. And it involves like I j- had children and, and mm-hmm. I was having to, you know, well,
1: it's weird, hard. Yeah. When you got yeah. you know, kids are with you and you're yeah. doing that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You yes.
1: Can't always dictate what they do, <laughs> but that's what makes it delightful. That's right. Yeah. All right, I'm going to give you, I'm going to hit you with a lightning round. Okay. Really oh, I love it. Okay. okay. Lightning round. Yep. ready mm-hmm. um How long have you had a, your nose pierced?
2: 12 years what made you think to do that i can't say on here
1: okay how (laughs) how many different colors of hair do you have you had in your life
2: um blonde red and black brown yeah four
1: so because this is a newer one
2: this is darker yeah it's more black yeah yeah it's actually more ash it's actually dark brown but it's an ash color it is not dark brown it is black (laughs) stop it
1: it's like jet black So uh, what's the next What's the next stop on the Vanessa Hair Express?
2: I'm, I'm keeping this per my husband's request for a while. <laughs> okay. Bang, bangs and dark hair. What's the see.
1: best thing to do in Fresno, California?
2: Swim in the backyard when it's hot. In a pool. Does somebody, it, oh, because everybody's got a pool. Everybody has a pool, so you have to go swimming. That's the only thing to do. Or go find really great Mediterranean food.
1: There's a lot of good Mediterranean food. A lot.
2: In- a lot. Mm-hmm. Or good street tacos. I mean, it's California. They have the best.
1: They do, actually. Mm. Just a little piece of advice. If you're ever in Los Angeles, yeah. Tito's Tacos. Oh. Have you ever heard of Tito's Tacos? It's near the airport, no. but i got to tell you, you got to go to Tito's Tacos.
2: Have you heard of Filippi's? Nah. Best roast, roast beef sandwiches. Oh, okay. Like like they've been around forever. You can still get coffee for ten cents there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyways, okay, See, Tito's and a lot Lipins. of people
1: getting a lot of local uh, L.A. knowledge right <laughs> yeah, here. That's right.
2: Good thing we're in Chicago. Yeah.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Hey, some
2: people are, are, right. are doing that. That's right. That's right. Okay, it's true. All right.
1: Who's your favorite singer in the world?
2: Oh my gosh. Oh, I I mean I feel so boxed in right now. Um. Pick up. Pick a few then. Um. Okay. I I've been a big fan of. Uh, from a worship world you know she's like been a mentor brooke Lidgertwood. wood has been great I, hey. l- I love her um there is an indie band that i've followed for about 20 years over the rhine they're out of um, ohio and i um, kind of jazzy folksy um man gillian welch too again i have a little bit of that folk background so those are those are like some of my favorites but i will say sarah mclaughlin i mean Canadian representing, <laughs> so You know it. I mean, I grew up listening to her. I only
1: know it because it's like on all the commercials with the little dogs the and cats, stuff now. Yeah, You're like, yeah. oh, wow.
2: Yes. There are like other people who need help too, right? Wow, Not just Sarah the, McLachlan. A little heavy-handed that's a little. That's a little dated, right? 90s? I mean, yeah. I mean, I was kind you of a 90s your, girl. I was going
1: to say, do you consider yourself a child of the 90s? Oh, I mean, Alanis what did you Morissette. Think? What did you think of Ricky Martin?
2: Hmm. What? I don't know. He's too mainstream. Right. Okay. You know, I was a little Hansen. No, ill. <laughs>
1: you didn't like Umbop? <laughs> no.
2: What? No, it's what is that? No.
1: Whatever. No. You know Umbop.
2: I do know Wesley, it. Do you
1: know what Umbop? <laughs> Sherry does. Sherry's nodding her head over there. She's like, yeah, Sherry and I are connected I mean I know it. them.
2: I, I wasn't like, hey you guys, let's let's
1: uh So I was in a mall one time with uh <laughs> well first I was in a mall one time in <laughs> Dallas. And uh, I was walking by this store, and this guy walks out, and he bumps right into me. There's, like, people all over the place. Right. And I was like, why is everybody all over the place? So I was, I was looking for the place that you could walk down. Yeah. Where And there was, like, kind of roped off. And I was like, mm-hmm. why well, don't uh, – like people a ramp. Are, that you, well, yeah. maybe these people are waiting in line or something. Or something. So I went into the place uh, that was roped off that's not doesn't have anybody in it. Right. And so I'm walking down, and all of a sudden this guy – Walks out and bumps into me, and and he's excuse me, excuse me. He was, a, he was a Hispanic-looking guy. Hey, Ricky Martin. No I do not even know. After the fact, somebody said, what are you doing in here? This is this is the special spot for Ricky Martin. You're supposed to be behind the thing. <laughs> and I went, Ricky Martin. And then I was like, oh, yeah. He, he said, yeah, that was him. He just bumped into him.
2: What's his, what's his song? What's the song he's known for?
1: Live in La Vida Loca? <laughs>
2: That's right. I was curious. Yeah. You. It's That's in right. Shrek. That's right. <laughs> All right.
1: Vanessa, you've been a delight. Thank you so much for being here. It is such a, a, a delight to talk to all of you folks out there. Thanks a lot for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.
2: Thanks for having me.